My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining the Age of Jeremy podcast today. This is your first time joining in. I would love for you to join our community. You can follow me on Age of Jeremy on Instagram. You can also follow me at Age of Jeremy on TikTok, Twitter, Age of Jeremy Q, LinkedIn, Jeremy Quintanilla. You don't post a lot of stuff there. And as always, make sure that you head on over to ageofjeremy.com. Um, we are redoing the website. So if it's not doesn't pull up when you uh, type that in, then check back a little bit later. We'll have more blog posts and other things that are coming out to help you create generational wealth in your life. You know, and it's funny too, I had a generational wealth is something that gets thrown around a lot. I don't know what a lot of people think it means. I don't know what it means to you. What it means to me is that the wealth that I build in my lifetime, those businesses, um, they can be passed on to my family. So that wealth continues to be, uh, continues into further generations. And a lot of that happens through family foundations. Hopefully there's operating businesses that are involved. One of the things through my studies, I have found that a lot of people, obviously, you shirt seats, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves or rice patties to rice patties um, in three generations. That's when the money has to start over again because there's not a lot of innovating. And that's kind of what we're kind of going to go into what we're going to talk about today with building new skill sets. So first of all, I wanted to apologize because I haven't had an episode in a few weeks, and that is because we have uh, been super busy reorganizing how the statements are being processed through age of radio. Uh, Priscilla and Ruthie and uh, Jacqueline or Jackie are going to be overlooking all of the operational piece of Age of Radio. And if you don't know what Age of Radio is because you've never heard this before, Age of Radio, head on over to ageofradio.com. Be part of the Age of Radio community at Addicted to Podcasting on Age of Radio or on Facebook, Addicted to Podcasting by Age of Radio. Uh, And on Instagram, it's Age of Radioverse. On Twitter, it is Age of Radio. But essentially, Age of Radio is a media company. We have a podcast network where you can join for free. We advertise your podcast across our podcast network through our Facebook advertising through our Google advertisements. Um, You get free hosting through us utilizing the megaphone platform that we license when you join the network. Um, We help find advertisers for your podcast once it gets to that 500 to 1,000 downloads an episode um, piece of it. We partner with companies like Podcorn, with Zvook, with... uh, advertisement cast in the past. Um, a lot of stuff has been changing, but essentially Megaphone allows us to put dynamic ads in. Uh, they sell ad uh, ads across your show, so we do require that you have ad inventory in your show. Uh, but podcasts is taking on a whole new a whole new thing this uh, into the future with the money that's been spent on it, with the companies like Gimlet being bought by Spotify for two hundred million, uh, Spotify buying Anchor for like fifty million dollars, uh, uh, Spotify buying megaphone for I want to say 200 million dollars uh, Spotify is really trying to to take over the market 
And um, to that end, we're a little bit different. We want to empower creators. We want to build communities. We want to build uh, podcasters to be able to or podcasts to grow. Um, and then we also want to help them succeed by talking to them about the software that we use. Like I'm recording this on Cubase. Um, Joey, one of our senior podcast development officers, he, uh, he records using podcast one. Um, we're trying to get into more, uh, professional podcasting equipment besides Cubase. Um, so Adobe audition, we do, we take clients for editing. If you want to need help with any type of audio editing, you can reach out to us. We do editing with Cubase. Um, again, again, we will be using Adobe audition and also adding pro tools, um, as we focus more on becoming an audio engineering and audio editing, um, as we start adding that to the brand. Um, so anyways, the point of that is, is that with Age of Radio, it was taking up a lot of my time because we grew so fast, we weren't able to keep up with the statement piece of it um, that we send out to all of the hosts for their uh, ads money that we give them, that we share with them um, for being part of our network, which is, again, free. Um, so our goal is to build the largest podcast network, build the largest podcast community where everybody can work together. It may not be a fit for everybody because we do require you to have ads in that, and our goal is to drive ad revenue and um, uh, really understand that piece of uh, business business uh, and can and sell those advertisements to other businesses. Um, so, so it may not be for everybody and we get that. Uh, but maybe it's for you. Um, we take people with zero downloads. If they're just starting out, we help get them going for free. Um, and, uh, I don't think there's any other company out there that's like us because our goal is to, I guess, focus on not taking money from podcasters and taking and getting our revenue from businesses. That's where our key thing is. We want to be a business to business sales company when it comes to advertisements. And then when it comes to stuff to offer to our, our uh, other clients, it's like learning or our, to our uh, consumer clients that are having the podcast. If you're not a business, uh, buying you know Audio Technica, Neumann mics, uh, Zoom, uh, Zoom uh, Japanese audio equipment, and so there's a lot of stuff that we're focusing on. Um, but that was taking up a lot of time, so I wasn't able to get these podcasts out. Um, the other reason is because we're going to be starting to do interviews on these podcasts, which I'm really excited for. So you don't just have to hear me and my weird breathing um, because apparently I've had a chest infection for a while or a chest cold and I've been kind of getting over that. It's not the COVID, so don't worry. Um, it's just probably some ignorance over the last, you know, 16, not the last 16 years, but 16 years that I did smoke. And so, uh, so probably have some lung uh, complications or it's easy for me to get lung infections and things like that. So we've been doing some tests that's been taking up time. So we're going to try to roll out some episodes here because again, we want to be podcast uh, content creators or we want to be content creators at age of radio. And one of our big focal points is the uh, helping people build that generational wealth piece. Um, but to that uh, is what I wanted to talk to you about today. So we're not going to go into the news because I just, I wanted to get an episode out there so you know that I wasn't there. I want to provide value. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on and what I'm doing. So my biggest fear in the world is that as I grow older, um, innovation will stop and learning will stop. Um, and that's innovation for myself to innovate, to make more money, 
right? So as you grow older, you want to look at what you're doing in your life, how you can create skills, uh, and how you can create opportunities to innovate and utilize those skills to make more money. And we try to folk help, we really want to push to our audience that you should have a side business or you should be doing a business. I'm not uh, naive to think that every single person out there is going to be able to operate and run a successful large corporation, but you have skills that you sell to employers or you have hobbies that you are, have a really strong skill set at, whether that's painting, whether that's drawing, whether that's da- data science, whether that's programming, whatever that is, that you could sell to your own customers and so you don't have to work for an employer. That doesn't mean that not that working for an employer is bad. A lot of people focus on that obviously as they, you know, either start their careers or through their entire career. There's nothing wrong with that, but even if you're in that place, what does your world look like as you look to get more skills to make yourself more marketable um for your employment, right? And then also to make sure that you're building and growing that wealth. So a lot of the times when we look at the stuff that's on social media, because that's where we get a lot of our advice for some reason now, and there's a lot of financial gurus out there, you know, um, in fact, my business partner, John, people, you know, joke with him that he's a financial guru that doesn't offer real any advice. And I disagree with that. I think the advice that he is offering people and the stuff that he is showing to people on how he's building generational wealth using cryptocurrencies, how he's utilizing his health and wellness um, background to help people with her mindset, how we help people with losing weight, how we help people with fasting, all of that stuff. So there is value to it. But a lot of the times there are financial people out there that are just spitting in, you know, spitting uh, information out that there really isn't relevant, relevant to people. And a lot of that is how, how we look to the future to, to create our skill set. And, and one of the things that happens is we never are able to, we are never able to look at ourselves and say, what, what can I do better? What do I need to do to innovate? And so, and so when you are looking at your life and looking at your skills, what is it that you, you predict the future is going to need? And so when I took a long, hard look at that, the main thing that I kept thinking about was an article I read in the mid 2000s. And I was at college, I think I was in the gym, working out had a magazine at the time, and I was flipping through the magazine. Uh, EA was coming up as a big corporation. Um, uh, They had a new CEO that was coming in and doing some really good stuff. I remember the mag that specific magazine (laughs) that I read for some reason. And one of the other thing I don't even know what magazine it was, maybe it was a Forbes, or a Kiplinger's or a fortune, I don't know. And so they were talking about that. And I got really excited, because at the time, that's all I wanted to do is be a CEO for a Fortune 500 company. And now I understand that I want to be a board of directors or a board member of a Fortune 500 company. And when we look at, and and so when I was thinking about that, there was another article in there that had said that the future was software. And this was in the 2000s. And then we had the iPhone. This was before the iPhone came out. So then the iPhone came out and everybody refocused on creating the, the smartphone hardware. And we took this really weird direction. And then augmented reality started coming out, virtual reality started coming out. And I look at that and I think about it and I think to myself that 
that software kind of got pushed to the side or software kind of changed or we had all of this other stuff going on and we forgot how important software was and what we should be utilizing with that software. And, and I realized that I'm behind and we're behind. And, and, and that is a behind as a family unit. It's behind as me as an individual. And I feel that programming and software and app development is still one of the main skill sets that people are going to need for the next 15, 20 years, maybe even longer. And the reason why I think longer, at least with the programming language piece of it, is because eventually as we turn to artificial intelligence, as we learn to robotics to take over certain jobs or technology to take over certain jobs, rather than looking at it and saying, okay, well, my job's going to be replaced by this, well, those things still need people to manage, to program to do. So I think that the number one skill that I am lacking in my family and in myself is having a strong set of engineers and software developers. That's the number one thing. And so when I make a list of the skill sets that I think that are going to need, that's like number one, programming, web development, engineering, specifically when it comes to software engineering. Now, and that's because we're going to need those skills and we're going to need to be able to develop software. So when a lot of people talk to me and they're like, oh, Age Radio, you're a podcast company. We're not a podcast company, we're a media company. And I think that I had a podcast a long time ago where it talked about the fact that if you were a company, you were a software company. And I keep thinking about that because Age Radio is a tech company, it's a software company. It, it, it or has to have those elements into it to provide great applications. And we have a lineup of applications that we want to do. There's the one that we're focusing on. And again, because this is family-based, this is me-based, um, we don't have investors. I'm not looking for investors. The money that I get will be debt either issued through bonds or um, issued or borrowed, obviously, for first for a while to start off. Um, and so when... When I look at the line of apps that we want to do and the brands that we want to create, the number one thing is software. That's the number, number, number one thing is skill set. And so that's the number one skill set for me too as an individual because I want to be able to make some of that software, at least for right now, because we want to keep the cost down. And it's not as difficult with my journey. So in my journey, I am going through a program because I wasn't either disciplined enough to focus on my, well, I wouldn't say disciplined enough. I think that it was difficult for me to learn. I learned really good from textbooks. And so the, the idea was to buy the textbooks and then just go through it. But then maybe it's not organized on what needs to be done because there's not a curriculum. So then I went and did a structured curriculum course on Java and it just skyrocketed my ability or even going through like the first five or six weeks, just being able to write the programs myself and see what I had already know, like learned how to do and the time that it took to do it and the patience and the pain and the thought and the, 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 that feeling of stress when you're overthinking being able to solve something. And then it, it kind of got a much better idea or much better sense around how classes work and how methods work with Java. So I will, at least for the time being until someone can prove me otherwise, be a huge fan of education and learning in an educational setting. And I am a big fan of community colleges and I'm a big fan of universities and public schools, but community colleges, I think serve a really big, uh, big, they have a real, they're very important in communities to help those communities gain skills, whether or not it is to, whether or not it's to get a certificate, a, an associate's degree and go on and get a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and so forth and so forth. 
it doesn't matter. I think that the ability for it to teach skills and the way that we teach trades to people, I think is something is very important and something that we need to, you need to look at and how you're going to develop your skills. I think community college over boot camps, if the community college offers those, or maybe the community college offers boot camps, because I know University of Arizona offers boot camps and programming. But uh, so that was the first piece, uh, the first thing. And then I looked at the other skill sets that we're going to need to move into the future uh, as a family. And so, uh, and so the other ones that I came up with, uh, family and business were, um, uh, was the programming, the app were the software development. And then the next thing was to get more business acumen with the rest of the family. Those are like the two things that were lacking in my businesses and in my family. Um, mainly because I feel that you can, if someone has the initiative, you can teach them the rest of it. Yeah. They might not walk away and become, you know, a great education, you know, they might not be able to walk away and teach the concepts, um, to maybe a college classroom, right? But if they have the initiative to learn the things that you need them to learn to be productive in their business, or in this case, in the family, or in a family business, then they can do it. So those are like the two main things that I'm focusing on into, into the future is increasing the, the business acumen of the family and the, the people that are in the business, and then also to, to focus on the, the software and program development. And so I encourage you I encourage you to think about how you can implement those things in your family and in your business. And so a lot of people don't take the time to sit and create a family vision uh, or create a a, a vision for their business or a vision for their personal life. And I think that those are really important for all all elements that you can break down into your life. And and once you do that, then you can look and say, how can I make this family more successful into the future? And what are things that are going to be important? Um, and so after that business, and this kind of goes hand in hand with it, but the, the other thing that went with the business acumen as far as skills and, and being productive and becoming wealthy and gaining generational wealth, the other thing was, was, um, was, uh, creating a sense of uh, financial investments. So the business acumen is a little bit different than what I consider financial uh, investment acumen. And so if you, and the reason why that investment acumen is important is because it'll allow them to create portfolios. It'll allow them to understand how stocks val- are valued. It'll understand them how to bonds are valued. And those are really important parts. So I don't think that, you know, every single, so every single one of the children that are raised in the family or come up through the business have to have finance degrees. No, I've talked about this extensively in the past. They should have their main thing that is hopefully helping the family or the skill set that they bring to the table that they're good at, that we can utilize for the future and future growth. And then they should have to get MBAs. And that's how you should shut up your family structure. There is nothing more important. And I don't, lots of people are going to disagree with me. There is nothing more important than an MBA to fully understand organizational structure and how to organize process and create and run businesses. And so that's why I think that it's important for every leader coming up in a family business and every leader that's coming up in a business to have that MBA business acumen. To, and to get back to one of the things that I mentioned in the beginning to uh, to talk to talk about the innovation piece is that, and then somewhere in there, you need to have innovation be a part of your future, right? And so 
what, however you look at that, to me, that innovation means a couple of things. You have to get the family and the, the leaders inside of the business to be able to come up with new concepts, businesses, and ways to make money. And that's one of the biggest things that sucks in bigger corporations is that the people that have all of the good ideas, in my opinion, aren't given the opportunity to utilize those ideas. That's why I think that when, I don't know if Google has it anymore, but they used to have like this rule that you could have two hours to work on your own projects and your own things during each day or each week or something ridiculous, something weird. And so, so that's that's why it's important to have like labs or in family, big families or, or in wealthy families, you could have like investment uh, venture capitalist pieces where the kids can come to you with their business ideas or what they want to do. And then you could help fund those things. Because if you don't have a way for them to, to come to you with an idea, you can't foster those ideas. And they, ha you have to have the ability. So like one of the things that took me a long time to figure out on how to create things and do these types of things with the business was that no one supported the ideas that I had. So I just had to kind of figure out to make them on their own. And that when, when you're looking at it from an individual standpoint, if you don't have a family or if you're not even interested in family business and like, I just need to make money for myself, whatever, whatever, not super important because you'll have to just go through that on your own. But if you're trying to foster the ability for people to think, come up with their ideas, be able to get the money to make their ideas come to life and, and look at the successes and failures of that, then they won't, they won't be able to, to, they won't be able to run with their ideas if, if they don't have that support. And I feel that that's one of the best ways to kind of create innovation within a family. Now, all families may not be able to do that. We, you could be your first generation. You could be living paycheck to paycheck. I, I get, you know, I get that. I am just getting out of that over the last maybe five years or whatever. And so, and so, so it may not make sense right now, but as you grow your businesses, if you have multiple businesses, as you sell businesses, as you create more businesses, as you make more money online or whatever the case is, you can, as your kids are coming up and they come to you an idea, foster that idea because that will continue them to know that you support them. And that there's the possibility that we can't, that the family has that money to get that going and off of the ground. And that's one of the things that I wish that I had when I was growing up, because I feel that I could be a lot further now, but it's really all on me and I get that. And so the other thing too is, is you have to have the ability to, to toughen it out. And one of the, the things that I love about math and physics and programming that so much that I think is so good for kids is that fucking constant, constant, constant sucking at it and slowly seeing it get better and slowly seeing to be able to accomplish something. So like when you're in geometry and you have a proof or I don't know, I haven't taken geometry in a long time. And so maybe that wasn't the best way. But if you have like a calculus problem, that calculus problem is like two pages long for you to figure out the fucking answer. That takes some grit. 
that can help teach that grittiness and that grinding that is required to innovate and fail and keep going and keep going. And we don't really get, I think that a lot of people associate working out to that same kind of grit. And it is very, very helpful. Um, and so I, I think that it's also important that if you're going to create this innovation piece of it, that you do teach your kids about like working out and, and having that, um, that work at mentality because it helps you to keep goals. So like what I love endurance. So I love doing like a 20 mile bike ride and then trying to run. I suck at running, but I'll do it or run and then, you know, run for two miles and then do a 20, you know, a 20 mile bike ride or 15 mile bike ride or whatever. Cause it teaches you that endurance so that when you want to quit, you keep going. And that's the same type of thing, but from a complete, complete mental exhaustion capacity, when you're doing math, when you're doing physics, when you're look, doing chemistry or sciences or engineering or programming. And that's why I feel that those things are so important and why math is so important. And we always hear in our society, that at least I feel, I hear it, I think that you would hear it, that, oh, well, my kid's not good at math. I wasn't good at math. It's not a fucking inherited trait. No one's really good at math. Some people are good at math because they pick up on it so easily and they enjoy it and they go to it. But math, physics, programming, it's not fucking easy. It takes time and it's slowly and slowly and slowly you get better at it. And you look back, like I look back on the last uh, four months of doing this programming class and looking at the previous year and just knowing that I could pull up a text editor or I could pull up an IDE and I can create something that works in Java and know what I'm doing. That is phenomenal. And then you can take a problem and you can try to solve that problem using that language. That is amazing, but it's hard. It is hard. And that is what teaches that innovation and that grittiness. So those are the three things that I look at when I think of skills that my family and I need to have into the future. And that's that business acumen, which I have. I need better governance acumen and maybe some marketing, uh, better marketing business acumen and B2B sales acumen, right? But those are things that I know that we need to make the business progress. I know that we need programming and software development. And that's going to be, I'm heading of the future on software, business, definance, all of that stuff on technology. Like I feel that we're really heading more towards the society of cyberpunk and I'm super excited about that. And I hope that Japo corporations or Japanese corporations are around um, in it like they were in Die Hard or in, uh, what's that? There's a Michael Keaton movie where like a Japanese manufacturing comes in and he's been hired and he like, they utilize him to round up the troops and get them to buy into the Japanese culture. What the hell was that movie? I don't know, it was an 80s movie. I really think that Japanese culture and cyberpunk culture are amazing. And I think we should focus on that. But that's another point. The point is, is that you need those things. Those are the skill sets that I'm betting on that we need more business acumen in family and better investing, understanding in the, in the family. And then after that, finance uh, technologies. Uh, and so those are the things that I'll be focusing on. And you can do this with all kinds of things in, in your life. And that's what I'm hoping that you can get out of this is to look at the different departments in your life and look at the skills and understanding and learning and development that you need to get yourself to where you want to be to accomplish those goals. Like me and my wife, we need to communicate better. We talk to that with our therapist. We come up with the goals, what we're going to be trying to do in um, throughout the week. You know, like today we had therapy and uh, my wife had 
mentioned that she would prefer that I didn't leave so much stuff around because she tries really hard to clean up the house. And I said, you know what? I understand that. I get that. And so I know that I need to be picking those things up. And how can I better do that? I can put reminders in my phone at the end of the night and pick those things up. And that skill gets learned and it just becomes a habit or that habit gets learned. Um, I don't think there's really a skill with the picking things up, but I guess the skill was, you know, us communicating with each other to be able to get to a point where we could have that conversation um, and talk to each other about it. And it's really weird that people don't look at their life and say, what can I be doing better at? And that's the reason why people can't innovate. And that's the reason why people fail. And if you're like, I want you to, to go out there and start your side business, you have to look at what skills you're going to need, how those skills are going to need to progress. And eventually you can get to the point where those skills don't necessarily have to come from you, right? So like, you know, we, I want, um, you know, a a, a comic studio or an animation studio and Ariana likes to draw. I would like her to be a part of that. She's going to need business acumen to help run those types of things. If it's something that she wants to do, I'm not going to make her do anything that she doesn't want to do. And so, but if she does, then you know, she can go and, you know, I don't need to learn about drawing to do that. She can because that's her passion, but she can learn about the business and the investing and then come and run the business because she'll know how to do all of those things. And I bumped the mic. We're trying some new mic placements out. Um, so uh, I appreciate you listening to uh, the podcast. Uh, we will hopefully have a few more episodes out in tandem with this one. I have an episode that I have written that talks and, and kind of... Uh, uh, it goes, it goes more in depth and it has better, uh, organizational structure around budgeting and some budgeting tips that I found. Cause I think budgeting is just a fun, fun. That's a skill that you should think about doing is learning how to budget. And, uh, but we can talk about that at another point or during the other podcast. So, and then also we'll be having some interviews. First interview that I should be having um, is with actually uh, my cousin who has uh, has a good, a great education from Grand Canyon University. I think that's where she has her undergrad and master's degree. She works for a finance company. She also has had some businesses in the past and kind of want to deep dive with her about that. So that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed to Age of Jeremy yet, please make sure that you subscribe. Please make sure to join the Age of Radio community. If you want a podcast, hit me up at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.com or go to ageofradio.org. And sorry, that was jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. One of those days I need to buy the ageofradio.com name, but until then we're ageofradio.org. Go to ageofradio.org and look at how you can join our uh, podcast. Uh, network. If you want to be a part of it, go on there and check out some of the great deals that we have from Adobe, some of the great deals that we have from BarkBox, uh, some of the great deals that we have from uh, CBS All Access, I think, um, and then some blue microphones. If you want to pick up some uh, some affiliate, some of our affiliate links, blue microphones, and then we also sell Audio Technica and Zoom equipment. So we're going to have another great year this year, uh, and I hope that you uh, come along with me for that journey uh, as we continue to grow this uh, show. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.